Hi folks, welcome to this week's edition of the Finance Hour. The topic of this week's show is where we work. I speak to Michael Benson, the CEO of Workspace 365, which is a managed service office and co-working group with offices across Australia. We discuss the big trend towards co-working spaces, which are now a great option for both small and large businesses who want flexible office space or hot desks without the bother of long-term leases. We discuss why there is a move from home working back to shared offices and the remarkable mental health benefits of working amongst like-minded people. And Michael gives us three tips for business owners to consider when moving offices. In Ruben's rant, I talk about a bad experience with my bank lender and the propeller head of the week is about a great password protection and sharing program I use in my business. Enjoy the show. Okay, folks, welcome to the Finance Hour. You might be listening on J-Air or on the podcast. This is a show where we help make sense of the world of business and finance and hopefully help you make better decisions. My name's Ruben Zoa, and I am back with the podcast after a short week's break. Got a little bit lazy, couldn't find a guest. Sometimes a week just creeps up on you, but I am well and truly back and The good news for me is I've booked a number of guests for the next few weeks, so that certainly reduces the stress levels for me. Uh, But you can find our podcast either at the JO website, you can search us on iTunes, or even on Spotify or Stitcher, searching the Finance Hour, we are there, or you can go to my Adapt Wealth website as well, uh, adaptwealth.com.au, where I put the the podcasts on as well. Okay, well, the topic of this week's show today is where we work. There's been a massive change uh, in office workspace over the years. And the man that we are interviewing today, Michael Benson, is right in the heart of it. He's the CEO of Workspace 365, which is is a business that leases properties all around the city and all around the country and uh, then sets them up as co-shared working spaces where people can sort of come in and out, rent small spaces, collaborate it is a very very interesting and it actually builds on the episode we did probably two or three back which was with charter hall which was talking about commercial property uh so it's going to be really interesting there's been big changes in the way people work and we're going to have a great chat with michael benson the ceo of workspace 365 but before we do that it is time for ruben's rant ruben's rant Now, my rant this week, I hope you all know, I'm fairly balanced with my uh, analysis of the bank. Sometimes I think they're treated a bit too harshly, and sometimes they deserve a good caning. And this is a caning for my personal bank, Commonwealth Bank. I noticed that they'd ramped up the interest rates on my loans, and I thought that they were really a little bit too high. I called my mortgage broker to ask what was going on, and what he said to me is, normally the banks will give discounts on large loans, But because I had loans in a few different entities' names, I had in my name, my wife's name, in a trust, they treated us all separately and didn't apply a discount based on the global loan limit. That is completely ridiculous, and I didn't realize that was the case. So I will be uh, making a couple of very terse phone calls to them and looking around as well. I think it's very uncommon. My mortgage broker told me that almost all the banks don't do that. So I am pretty annoyed by that. And I am going to certainly pursue it further. 
Okay, well, we're going to take a very short break, and then we will have Michael Benson on the phone from Workspace 365. Welcome back to the Finance Hour. The topic of this week's show is where we work. I have Michael Benson on the line, the CEO of Workspace 365. Michael, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Excellent. Michael, great to... Hello? Good to be on. Excellent. You're a little bit faint. Uh, Can you just talk a bit more? I want to make sure I've got you. Yeah, is that okay? Yes, that's better. Michael, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, Topic of this week's show, as I sort of discussed with you, is where we work. Uh, We have had on the show before... Uh, a big property manager, Charter Hall, which manages huge amounts of office and commercial property around Australia. Uh, and one of the topics that came up was talking about the co-share working spaces, and that's obviously something that's very close to your heart. Yeah, absolutely. Look, look it's um, it's a uh, it's a big change in in the way people have been um, working. Um, look, I've been in this industry for about fifteen years. Yep. And over the last five years, we've seen some massive changes. Yeah, so you're, I was having a look at your website, and your byline there is where corporate meets community flexible office solutions. So can you tell me a little bit about sort of where that comes from and how that fits into what you do? So that's basically what we're about. So, so we, we put ourselves between the incubator-type environment where somebody's going in and starting a business, and mm-hmm. he's, just, he's putting himself there between... Um, a number of startups and, and getting that energy out of the startup community and the traditional serviced office environment where larger corporates, smaller corporates were extending their workplace into a flexible environment. Mm. So we're firmly in the middle and we say um, we're a corporate offering and, and, and it's, it's a very energized place because basically you've got a, many, a range of different types of workplaces working from one environment. Mm-hmm. And you've got. If you get it right, there's a lot of community involvement. Yeah. So you've got. I was having a look. You've got a number of office spaces. I see you've got in in Melbourne, in the city, in Collins Street, Burke and Latrobe. Do you have offices all yep. around Australia as well? We do. We've got um, we've got offices in Sydney. We've got offices in Brisbane, um, Melbourne. We're just about to open one in in Adelaide. Wow. And we expect within the next few months we'll have a site available in Perth. Wow. So, what sort of? So, give me an example of then, you know, the sorts of businesses that 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 come into offices like yours. Is it? I mean, obviously, it's not sort of the big, I don't know, the big law firms or accounting firms. What sort of size businesses? Well, you'll be surprised. You'll yeah? be surprised. I've got a. Um, I can give you an example. We just opened an office in Latrobe Street in the city. Yeah. And we've got two 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 major clients in there. One being Accenture. Really. And the other one being the NAB, working from our environment. Well, don't they have their um, own office space? They do, but, but, but there's a couple of reasons why they'd go into an office space like this. Um, they might have a team that's not part of their core um, consulting practice that they wanted to locate separately. Mm-hmm. They might want to engage with a different community. Um, and they might be a project team. They might, they might, in some cases, have a presence, for example, in Sydney and be starting a presence in Melbourne. And, and, and from a business point of view, it just makes perfect sense to be in a flexible environment because you're not signing long-term leases. Mm. In fact, you sign licenses. The yeah. result from a financial point of view, if you look at the IFACs that have come out recently, is you don't have to present those lease tails 
on your on your on your balance sheet. Mm, as like a, as so like a you're improving your balance sheet. Yeah. So look, what I mean, obviously we're on uh, on audio here, not video, so it's a little hard mm. to do this. But why don't you sort of walk me through one of your offices? Tell me if I walk in, what will I see? You know, how is it set up? Um, Okay, so this is where the, wor- the workplace has changed quite a bit mm. over the last couple of years. So you walk in with us, we're an unbranded offering. So we're not trying to display our name, Workspace 365. Mm-hmm. We're trying to focus on our clients. So you'll find some signage for the individual clients within our workspace. Mm-hmm. You'll find a corporate reception. Yeah. And one of our points of difference is, and, and it's something to discuss from a flexible uh, office point of view, is we have a number of different meeting rooms. Mm-hmm. So we are meeting rooms from a two-person room through to a 60-person uh, room. Wow. Um, and we provide them in all our spaces. So we're talking about a significant investment in just meeting rooms aside from your normal office space. Mm. And they're heavily utilized by our clients. And uh, so when and someone... Ca- through, yeah, so when someone comes in, their experience is they're greeted by your reception staff, are they? they absolutely. So they're greeted by our reception staff on behalf of the client that we're servicing. So, mm-hmm. for example, they might have a meeting for um, Accenture, just to use them as an example. They'll be set up, received as an Accenture client and put into a meeting room or a casual space for that client. So the client, the client is getting welcomed into their environment and mm-hmm. not a, um, a another corporate's environment. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. So, I see that. I go through the reception. There's a whole... You go through the reception. You've got all the meeting rooms that are generally available around about the reception area so they can be properly serviced by yeah. our team. Yeah. Um, and, and we hold events there as well. So you'll find it's quite an activated space. Lots of things happening every few weeks. We do networking events. We do, we do um, business introduction events, um, etc. Then you move into more of a casual space, which is generally a kitchen environment, mm-hmm. an open plan kitchen, similar to what you'd get at home where people like working there'll be a tv on the wall there's um uh, like you know nice bench tops nice kitchen lots of different types of coffee tea etc and it's a, a place where people can gather and and, and network and interact yeah and get so their sugar in our and environment, that's really critical because yeah our, the business types in our space range between two person one person and 20 person environments mm. so to be able to connect to another person in your environment, it's got some significant benefits. It doesn't necessarily have to be the same company. Mm. Often, you get business relationships that develop through this, but but there's also social relationships that develop in these environments. And 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 there's quite a few studies that that look at communal spaces like ours and say, what has the effect been on things like depression over time? Mm. Mm. Um, and long term long term um, staff stays in your in your environment and. And all have been really positive. So you had any uh, any couples or weddings come out of uh, any of your office spaces? <laughs> we have. We, uh, over the past, there's been a couple. Actually, it's yeah. interesting. I mean, you, these things happen. I'm it's sure they will. Over time. Mm, yeah. yeah. Good, and, friendships, good friendships, generally. Okay, so we've gone through the kitchen area. We've had our caffeine hit, mm-hmm. and I imagine there's some vending machines if you need a bit of a sugar hit as well. Um, so we actually provide healthy food. So we oh, actually do. provide, um, yeah, we provide fruit. We provide fruit water. Um, we do the unhealthy stuff as well, but but generally most of it's provided in the kitchen areas. Okay. Then you move into the office environment, and yep. we we actually have a multitude of different types of offices depending on the teams. 
from 50-person teams down to a two-person or a one-person team. And then we have some open desk co-working environment where people just, just come and they drop in for a day or or they might just hire one desk in an open environment. Mm. So what you've actually, you what you've got actually offices where there can be 50 people in them. Are they just like Absolutely. a one sort of large open plan set up? I mean, does it differ very so much they, to, a, to a traditional? Some of, the, some of them have got their own meeting room built mm. into the spaces. So, 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 so we're a bespoke provider. So what we do is we take a client and we actually adjust the office for their needs. Right. So some, some are open, some are closed. Some are completely open plan with a kitchen, you know, huddle rooms, you know, whatever. Mm. So people will actually come to you and say, look, this is the sort of space I'm looking for, and you might actually adapt it as well. We, yeah, we do that in certain cases. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons we've actually historically had a long stay in our offices, mm. because we've been willing to manage a client over time and their requirements. Okay, so you've got those office spaces, you've got smaller offices, you've got open plans and many people using that open plan area the reason why i ask is i did have some well i've got some exposure because i shifted offices about four months ago uh and i yeah. was looking at i looked at a few options and i did look at the uh the co-working space option i went down to chadston i saw the waterman there uh yeah. i saw uh vicinity um and i've also got another friend who's just uh moved into one in st kilda off uh inkman or elmer yeah. street um, and, and particularly that, that friend's one that I went to, I mean, all the offices were taken, but it looked like those yeah. sort of, you know, the, those sort of shared desks where they've got, you know, desks with a whole lot of chairs didn't seem to be that yeah. popular. Do you find well, that? Look, I, we find there, so what we do is um, we don't allocate more than 10% of our space to open desks. Right, okay. Um, and the reason is generally the, the requirement has been for closed offices. Mm-hmm. Or, or private offices. However, the, the, this, 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 there is a, um, a significant amount of people who like that drop-in space mm. and individual desks. So what we, we try to do, what we try to do is just have enough to, to, to provide to our clients. Um, we don't overdo it. And most providers, um, most real businesses uh, in, this, in this environment um, don't overspec the open desk. Yeah, yeah. Situation. Yeah. Okay, so we've got the offices. What else do you have? Do you have, is there a gym in there? Are there showers? What else? So, yes, yeah, some of our, so all of our offices, we go into A-grade office space generally, so mm-hmm. they always have end-of-trip facilities, really good end-of-trip facilities. So yeah. There'll be showers, bike racks, lockers, um, uh, and some of our offices have gyms in them. Mm. Um, and what's, what's happening more and more is we're getting wellness rooms yeah. and quiet rooms. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a trend, a trend that's happening over time. Wellness is a big part of this industry. Mm, so is that sort of meditation rooms and that sort of thing? Yeah, meditation, just pure, just a room where people aren't expected to make a noise. So even if you're going in there and you just, you just on a, you're reading a book or you're just relaxing, it's a space where there will be no noise. Interesting. And I guess... Um, and yeah, sort of anything else that's a particular sort of feature of of your offices that wouldn't be in the standard. Um, so our offices look. One of the things that we do, which 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 isn't from a so there's two types of industries that have merged over time. Yeah, you've got a service office industry and you've got a co-working industry. Yeah, because we place ourselves in the middle, we do two things a little bit differently to some of the providers. One is 
we do provide a corporate reception for all our clients, mm. which is very important. Um, and, um, and, and we don't brand. So you don't see huge branding in our offices. Yeah. And the other thing which nobody really talks too much about is that is the actual data security within an environment like this. Mm. So what we do for our clients is we provide secure VLANs for all of our clients. So effectively, when a person comes into our space, if they're a one-person or a 50-person offering, we provide them a secure VLAN for all their devices. Mm -hmm. And one of the issues in these environments is you've got a lot of really high-tech businesses, There's a lot of consulting practices, a lot of IT consulting practices in here. And the guys at lunchtime, they've got nothing better to do than to try and hack into other people's computer systems. Yeah. And you'd need some ser- a seriously good uh, internet system to cope with yeah. all those businesses, as you say, particularly so if they're tech. Now, that is one of the key factors in, mm. in going into a space. That's what we, we, we sell a lot of our spaces based on this. We have a huge investment in solid IT infrastructure mm. and solid firewalls. So how, many people, so how many people would be uh, you know, in, in a typical one of your spaces? How many people does it sort of house? Um, so you're averaging probably about 200 people per location on average. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that's pretty. Um, that's pretty significant. Yeah, um, yeah but it ranges up and down depending on the type of clients in the space. Mm. And it's interesting. I'm just going back to a point that you said before uh, about you know depression and you know importance of people being around other people. I mean, it, it seemed that there was a point in time where you know, there was this big move to people working from home and having all that sort yeah. of flexibility. Um, mm. It seems to me like uh, there's been a bit of a shift away from that. Even the big companies were encouraging that for a long yeah. time. It seems to me like there's been a bit of a shift away because of that acknowledgement of the need to, um, you know, to have, you yeah. know, to have that human contact. Look, I think we're seeing that. I think mm. we're seeing that it's been an unsuccessful approach. Mm. Um, and uh, look, that 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 connection with people does promote a, a safe and good environment for people to work in. Mm. Um, uh, so it's really important. Just a matter of interest. One of the other things, just by the way, it's a, uh, in this industry, which is um, which has grown, is the access to alcohol mm. um, in these spaces after uh, some. Some places serve it after like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. Some places serve it all day long. Really? In our environment, we don't serve alcohol. At all, yeah. Yeah, not at all. And the reason is that our clients, we'd lose our clients. Mm. End of a fist if we were to do that. Mm. Interesting. Um, we do, what we do is we do like Friday afternoon drinks with our clients, you know, that type of stuff. But not, but not alcohol on the premises. From a corporate point of view, it just doesn't work. Yeah, that's very interesting. Very interesting. So, look, I mean, you. So, you, from a business point of view, uh, what are you? Are you traveling around, scouring for different sort of office space? I mean, it must be. Uh, I, I imagine it'd be a fairly expensive exercise. You know, fitting out these spaces to your specifications. It's a very expensive exercise, mm. uh, and it's becoming much more expensive mm. because you, 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 the, the environment is requiring a lot of open plan space. Mm. So we're seeing the actual size of the offices growing substantially, um, where they were previously around um, 800, 900 square meters, 
and some co-working spaces about 500 square mm. meters. On average, they're about 2,000 square meters now. Wow. And, and moving up to 4,000 square meters. Wow. So when you're looking for, for sort of spaces, I mean, what are the sort of criteria, you know, I, I imagine you travel around, you know, always looking for new spaces. What's the sort of, you know, criterion of a space that you, um, you know, that you want to Well, you've use? got to look at the demographics in the area, but for mm. us, as a, mainly a CBD operator, mm. we, we, public transport is probably the key factor. Mm. Um, and in the CBDs in Australia, if you look at Sydney and Melbourne, your, your CBD is a central point. So from a staffing point of view, in order to attract the right type of staff and the right type of businesses into our industry, we need to be prime, a prime have a prime location close to public transport. Mm-hmm. 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 So that's really, that's really the key. And it's sort of office buildings. I mean, because I, I have to say, when I was looking at some of your spaces, I thought, um, you know, on one hand, I would think, well, people that are, that are, you know, moving to co-shared spaces are kind of maybe deciding they don't necessarily want to be in the in the triple three in the one hundred one Collins Street sort of things that they're they're happy to be a bit lower key. But then when I looked at sort of your locations, I mean, that some of those are really in the prestigious prestigious yeah. parts of the city, and, and that that surprised well, me a little yeah. bit. Well, it's it's a, it's a change in the way that people work. Just remember, mm. you've got a lot of people who've moved out of large corporates into small business. And a lot, of, a lot of large corporates looking for satellite offices, mm, mm. and 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 they don't want to be outside of the core CBD, right? And also, you've got to look at the dynamics of what's happened in particularly Melbourne CBD with the with the number of people that are actually living in the CBD. Now. Mm. So, I mean, what is that? That's, that's why you're, say, you're seeing this change? You're saying that's really like the number of people living in the city is really um, increasing the demand. Massively, mm. massively. The amount of apartment growth in Melbourne CBD has been massive. So yeah. It's really, it's driven a lot of demand inside the CBD. Yeah, now look, as I said, I mean, from your perspective, from a business point of view, I mean, we had, um, yeah, so we had someone on the show talking about uh, commercial office space in general. It sounds like yeah. uh, rents rents are pretty much on the up. Um, yeah. Is that is that what you're finding as well? Are there good, you know, deals to be made or is it really a... Um, you know, a landlord's market. Look, there's, um, so you've got to look at, there's two sides of our story. One is doing deals with landlords, mm. and the other is our clients doing deals with us. That's right. The, the nature of the product at the moment is you've got a, an effective 2% vacancy rate in the Melbourne CBD. Is that right? And I think slightly lower in, in, in Sydney, but higher in Brisbane. 2% vacancy is, rate. Effective, yeah. Wow. So um, what that means is that is that increases are substantial year on year now. Mm. Um, Sydney's seen about a twenty five percent growth over three years in rental rates. Wow. And and Melbourne's seen fifteen to twenty percent growth really? in rental rates yeah. from a landlord point of view. Wow. This naturally results in an increase of workstation rates across the CBDs, right? So, so what do you mean, increase of works? Oh, okay, in terms so, of what you charge people, you're saying? In terms of what we charge, yeah. yeah so we've, yeah. If, if, you, if, you, if you go over, if you, if you go over a three-year period, I'd say the increase in rates is probably about 35%. Wow. Um, to 40% from, 
from three years ago to what it is now. Mm. And I assume you also, I mean, whilst your tenants have short-term, you know, well, not even leases, you said licenses, I imagine you yeah. you yourself take longer-term leases because you expect to be around for a while? Oh, look, you, you, you can't create a business and, and put a foot out in a in a building without a long-term lease in our yeah. environment. Yeah, really long-term, absolutely. Well, let's get to the million-dollar question, which everyone's asking. It all sounds great, but how does the cost cost stack up against, you know, someone getting a standalone office? What, what, just tell me, I guess, the, you know, the small sort of business, five people or whatever coming into your space, what would they, what would they cost be, you know, if they go to you or got their own space? Well, look, it all depends on, on what area you're going into, into mm. what, you know, what type of building you're getting into. But you're looking at between, between $500 and $1,000 per person mm-hmm. per month right. um, into a space like this. And, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty consistent across the CBD. Yeah, okay. And is that, would that be for, like, a private office? Or depends? For a private office. A little bit cheaper in, a, in an open plan environment. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, that's pretty much the, mm. the space. Very unusual to get down to the five hundred dollar mark. Yeah, so you, you're edging up definitely towards the high end. Right, right. Okay, that's interesting. And, and what what uh, what's actually included for that? I mean, you do you include? You know, do you have to pay lots of different extras for rooms and for no, and, and for all I mean, that the, sort of thing? We've, we've 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 moved for we've moved towards a very transparent charging model. So mm. you actually. You, when, when I say that's the cost per person, it is the cost per person. The extras you're going to be paying with a provider like us are meeting rooms. Yeah. So if you've got a lot of meeting room usage, you'll pay for the meeting rooms. Yeah. If you um, if you use, um, uh, for example, photocopiers, that cuts up the stuff. Do a lot of scanning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually um, we do really good pricing for that, but but that'll be an additional cost. And, um, and and just, I'll give you some of the conceptual things that people have got to look at. Like when you when you come into a space like ours, and I always say this to all my clients, um, if you've got three per- three people in your team, don't take a four person office. Mm. Take a three person office. Yeah. Because you don't you don't want to pay for that extra space. Yeah. Um, and and some of the guys would say, but wait a second, I've got a photocopier, but they don't realise the photocopier is occupying one person one workstation. Mm. So, in effect, you're paying for the photocopier and you're paying for a workstation. Yeah. When, in fact, you should reduce your office size and use the common facility. Mm, okay. But as you say, you sort of... And what about... Do they pay for extra things like, you know, internet and telephone and... It's all included. It's all uh, included. It's included. Yeah. It's all yeah. included, yeah. And I guess you mm. don't have the, the fit-out costs. I mean, I said so I did have a look at some of the co-working spaces. In the end, I, I got my own sort of small office and it's certainly, uh, you know, I'm really, really happy where I am. Um, but yeah. certainly, uh, I get the fit out uh, of it, and it wasn't a massive fit out. Um, but you know, it cost a lot more than what I thought. It kind of just crept up and up. Always, uh, um, yeah, and so, then, and then all your bills on a monthly basis. You, people forget about those. Yeah, well, you got your electricity, you got your water, you got your cleaning, you've got. Um, That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it all sorts and of. Like, um, yeah, but, but, and then on top of that, you've got to also account for that. Put it into your your uh, your your accounting system and make sure that you know that you, your your admin increases. So in this way, you get one invoice at the end mm. of the month, and and your admin's gone. 
Yeah, that's right. So then, uh, you know, the types. Of, so it says it sounds like there's a, there's a real range of businesses. There's a sole sort of person. Is there, you know, would there be the many you know, small professional firms like accountants and lawyers and financial oh, planners? Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, the bread and butter of a of a of a business like ours is a lot of the accountants and legal practices that yeah. work. Um, anywhere between three and ten people, really? and they love this type of space. I mean, if you look from a legal point of view, if you just if you just consider the guys from a charging point of view, they're getting a list of their photocopies that they that they do, so they can charge off to their clients. They get mm. a list of their scans. They're getting a, a meeting room printout at the end of the end of the month that they can allocate to their individual clients. Yeah. The work is basically done for them. Hmm. Very interesting. And as you say, mm. uh, and what's the sort of term, uh, you know, you said it's not a lease, it's a license, but what's the sort of term that people need to, to sign up to? So in our business, we, we generally have people signing out 12-month agreements. Yeah. Um, but that, we don't require them to sign 12-month agreements. They get, they get a benefit to do that with mm. us, but, but they could go month to month or six months or two years, whatever. And to give then us, they do vary. Yeah, and to give us an example, I mean, I, I did, uh, as I mentioned before, I had a friend of mine who was in the service office, and I dropped in and met him a couple of months ago and came back a week or two ago, and it filled up quickly. I mean, I don't know, on that basis, like when you sort of get a new place, I suppose, you know, you're always, I mean, you've got the model right, but you're always taking a bit of a leap. What's the sort of yeah. you know, time frame it takes for you to really sort of fill up a space or to get it, you know, to get it really going by the time you've, fit it out to the time it's it, it's profitable and full look um so we call it a mature space when it's when it's when it's actually um entering an area where it's actually producing the correct amount of the revenue mm. but it generally takes a year to get it completely settled down um i mean you get lucky and sometimes mm. it'll take three months yeah and and sometimes it'll take a bit longer but but there's a whole lot of services that, that need to that, that actually are joined in with this um, with just leasing the offices mm. and the clients have got to get comfortable with you it takes um, they need to interact you need to build an environment mm. and what do you I mean do you have to from your business point of view do you require a lot of staffing a lot of people for you to employ to keep to keep it ticking over absolutely so I yeah. mean we effectively if you look at what we're doing we're basically taking Space, breaking it up, putting it out, and managing it, and the managing part is probably the biggest. Mm. Um, and that means people, and that's the biggest part of our business, really, providing the right people to manage the space. Yeah, yeah, and I imagine that it can be, uh, you know, it, it can be quite intensive. Mm, it's, it's challenging. Mm. It's very challenging. I mean, we're fortunate to have some people who've been in this sector for a long time, and mm. and, they, and they understand the requirements, and and um, but. But it's one of the most difficult parts of our business is managing the staff and also getting the right team together to provide a good environment for our, our tenants. Yeah. Well, that's always an interesting one that I like to ask people when they, because obviously it's a, you know, it's a fantastic business you've got, but every business has got its challenges. So it sounds like staffing is, is certainly one of them. What are the other, other biggest, sort of biggest challenges in, in running a business like yours? I'd say two factors. One is selecting your client mix. Mm. So we don't allow um, every type of client into our operation. Yeah. So we have to be we have to we have to be strong enough to say 
you'll fit or you won't fit into an environment because mm. if we don't, it just doesn't end up being the right mix of clients. Yeah, and and it can it, it can end up being a toxic environment. Mm. Yeah. So um, so we've got to be able to do that, which which financially is difficult mm. when you when you're starting one. That's right. Um, and and then to to have the right mix of staff and to mm. maintain those staff and to um, you know guide them in dealing with their mm. day-to-day issues. Just interestingly, in our environment, you're not. You're, it's interesting. You're not. You're not dealing with um, generally. Um, you're dealing with a wide range of people, including a lot of entrepreneurs mm. that are coming in, and they're dealing directly with the staff members mm. on site. So, so they can be quite demanding, mm. and, and rightly so. And so we, we've got to be able to, to, to get our staff trained to a level that they're supporting at the right level. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I suppose, you know, when, when you have a, you can have office politics in a, in a, in a sort of a shared workspace as well. Very much you, so. That's uh, why it's, it's, you've got to be strong enough to deal with it. So that's very really interesting what you're saying in terms of the mix of people. I mean, is that, you know, do you have some kind of formula for that or is it just something that, you know, you go by your intuition? Well, um, look, we we have to analyze the clients and assess them when they come in and view our spaces mm. and determine whether or not they'll fit into the mix. It's almost impossible to, to have a formula as yeah. such because also businesses change so quickly. Mm. Um, and, and interestingly, you might... So what we found is you when you start to get a group, of, a cluster together of a particular type of clients, they generally follow each other. Mm. Uh so, um, you know, certain, certain types of medical professionals like being in a, in a cluster. You know, um, some financial guys, legal guys like working in a team. Mm, like with other, with other sort of practices around them. With other practitioners, mm. yeah. So, so you get a range of different practitioners. They feed each other work. Mm. It, it, works, it really works quite nicely. Yeah. Okay. So it's really, um, you've really got to assess it on a case-by-case basis. You do. You can't. You can't be too fixated on a particular notion. I mean, I'll give you an example. We're we have an office in Burke Street, right next to the courts. Very, I mean, right in the middle of the legal district. And we've got very few uh, solicitors in that particular office. Mm. It's mainly IT. Mm. So you you can't be too strict. Around yeah. That. And it's some sometimes you know the 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 people that attract to it sometimes surprise you. You know that you know you would have expected there in Burke Street to have lawyers. Was that a a surprise that it ended up being IT people, or was that by design? It was absolutely, yeah, was very much a surprise. It wasn't it wasn't designed at all. Um, so, um, but on the other hand, I suppose the nature of our product lends itself to that. Hmm. Uh, so, so probably not complete surprise, complete surprise, but but. Um, we probably expected more of the legal fraternity in that particular space. Yeah. Okay. So, in terms of your business plans, I mean, how many how many locations do you have now around Australia? Fourteen. Fourteen. Wow. Yeah. And are you looking at still yeah. increasing that? Is there a number you want to get to, or? So we're we're tailoring it for the for the for the actual cities. Yeah. So we definitely want to increase it. As I said, we we're looking at growing into Adelaide pretty soon, and. Mm-hmm. And Perth, and we expect to have a. We we probably need to have a Canberra offering mm. as well. So, so without saying a number, we can expect substantial growth over the next over the next two years. Yeah. Wow. And uh, and and what about uh, you know in terms of the business I don't know, environment? Are there lots of 
you know, is there lots of competition around for this, or is there just so much demand that that uh, for these sort of spaces that it doesn't really matter? No, there's, look, there's definitely a lot of competition around. There's some, mm. there's some good and some not so good practitioners, mm. um, uh, operators, probably is the right word, and um, and we see that growing. Um, mm. But we, uh, from our point of view, we're a, an Australian business, and yeah. we and we feel it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's actually a great offering from an Australian point of view. Mm. Get a lot of overseas players coming in with their product, which is slightly different to the Australian niche. Mm. So we've seen a lot of demand from our existing clients and new clients coming into our particular area of the market. Mm. So we're not concerned too much with the competition, more with the locations and the ability to have the right clientele. Yeah. And I suppose being national makes it easy because to, do, the, do you know, if a company takes you in one city, is that, are they more inclined to then you know, have their other branches, you know, be in, be in your locations in other cities? Is that, does that oh, very happen much a lot? So. Yeah. Very much so, yeah. So we, we see a lot of traffic between Melbourne and, 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 and Sydney. We see quite a substantial amount, interestingly, between Adelaide and Melbourne as well. Mm. Very uh, interesting. So, mm. so it's... Uh, and also quite a bit between Sydney and Brisbane. Quite a bit of, uh, and what about? I mean, will there be? I don't know the the uh, person who I don't know he works out of Melbourne, but then he does a bit of travelling, wants to meet clients in different mm. cities. Uh, do you have like a yeah. service around that where they can use um, oh, absolutely. other locations? Absolutely. So we, yeah, we have drop-in facilities, we have lounges, like business similar to what you get at a Qantas Club lounge in mm. all our offers in all our offices. So we we offer that to all of us. So if you, for example, take an office with us in Melbourne you get access to a business lounge facility right around the country. Right. So if you happen to be in Sydney for the day and you needed to, to, to drop in and use a lounge, you just, you just book it and you're there. Hmm. And one last thing before we just get on to your, some tips from you. I, I mean, the other thing which you hear about is those virtual type offices where someone really has just got an address and no actual physical presence. Do you, do you operate in that sort of space at all? Is that growing or is it becoming less... Relevant. So uh, there's a range of those types of services. Interestingly, the business address services has grown substantially. So, mm. so that's really a growing market. Um, we, we do telephone answering for clients, and we do business lounge services for clients as well. So, so the whole virtual offering is growing, but it's being tailored to to client needs more around the physical space than the than the, the telephone services. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really people that actually yeah need need to use the space as opposed to just because yeah telephone answering service is pretty um yeah you know it's a bit of a commodity really isn't it? Um, mm. yeah. yeah, look, look, some of our clients. I mean, it's it's still a, a good market and it's happening all the time. Um, and and I think it's great, but the growth generally is coming out of business addresses and and mm. business lounge access. Yeah, yeah. All right, Michael, well, we're coming towards the end of the show, but I always ask uh, my guests for their top three tips. Uh, and what I want from you in uh, probably 90 seconds to two minutes maximum is your top three tips okay. for people uh, considering choosing office space for their business. Well, um, yeah, so I would say, firstly, I would choose a space with a wide variety of meeting rooms because even if you take a small space, you need somewhere to meet your external clients. Mm-hmm. I would also focus on a building that has very good air conditioning. <laughs> the one thing you don't want is, a, is bad air conditioning. Yeah, <laughs> a simple one, but um, a very important. It's a simple one, but it's so important. Yeah. And 
for our clients, a great reception and, and really pleasant staff is really important. Those would be my top three tips. Terrific. Now, that was good. Nice and short and sweet. Um, Michael, if yep. people want to find out a bit more about you, about your business, where should they go? They can go to our website at workspace365.com.au. Excellent. Or they can find us on Facebook or LinkedIn um, really easily. Terrific. All right, Michael, look, thanks very much for joining me. It's Great. been a really interesting uh, a really interesting discussion. I'm sure that uh, a lot of our listeners will have enjoyed it, uh, and it was great, great having you on the show. Thanks for having me. Great show. Okay. See you, Michael. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. Okay, now it is time for my Propeller Head of the Week. Now, the Propeller Head of the Week this week is about a fantastic uh, uh, app that I use on my Google Chrome called LastPass. It basically stores all your sites and all your passwords. Uh, it's fantastic. I couldn't run the business without it. It has double-factor uh, authentication, so you need a, a master password. You might also need an SMS from your phone, so it's very, very secure. Uh, I use it in the office. I can share it with my staff, give them access to it. They may not see the actual password. It's hidden, um, but they can uh, get access to it. And if I want to, um, if a staff member leaves, you can automatically cut them off. Um, it is fantastic in this world where a lot of people are still using spreadsheets and the like for their passwords, which is a nightmare. I highly recommend that you check out LastPass. Okay, well, that's it for the show today. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, as I said, a little break we had last week, but we will certainly be back again next week. We actually have David Southwick, the uh, local Victorian Member of Parliament, who's going to be on the show to talk about business and innovation in Victoria. Thanks for tuning in.